thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast. I am your host, Paul Thompson, and today I have a little bit of a different episode. So I've got with me uh, Candice from Anator um, Exercise Physiology, where I'll be doing a workshop <clears throat> soon, uh, end of May. And in this episode, Candice is more or less interviewing me around some surfing uh, or foot function and how that relates to surfing and, and some of the stuff we're going to go through in the workshop. Um, but just to kick it off, I just would like to introduce Candice and get you to just let us know who you are and, and what you do, if that's cool, Candice. So thanks for, for being here and thanks for interviewing me. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm so glad I met you. When was it? A few years ago now, wasn't it? We were doing a course together. Yeah, yeah. We've done a couple now, haven't we? We've done, a, we've done a couple together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just kind of, um, I knew then, you know, I knew. I was like, oh, I've got to get this guy involved somehow in what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I'm an exercise physiologist um, and an exercise scientist. And I work in, well, I've got my clinic. So, within my clinic work, I do um, Return to work rehab, chronic disease management, and musculoskeletal rehab primarily. But I guess my passion and the area that I um, uh, I really like to kind of grow and develop in is surfing. Is surfing is the surfing industry. I was fortunate enough to get involved with the World Surf League. I think I started in 2017. Um, but what I've also been doing is working with. Grommets, juniors, WQS surfers, NCT surfers. So I'm kind of um, fortunate in that I so work. Kind of a big deal. The whole gamma, the whole scheme. Yeah, I kind of took what I was learning at the WCT level, and I wanted to see where surfers were at from the beginning, and to just see what strategies were being used and um, what the trends were, kind of the whole way through the spectrum. Um, yeah, and so I've I've kind of been investigating, I guess, for the last few years. I screen surfers at events. I don't just work with them in the clinic, but I, I screen them at events and I have a look at their posture and talk to them about how their surfing's feeling, uh, get an idea on their injury history, and then I just give them some education around how their body's moving, how they're functioning. I might do a little bit of soft tissue release, and then I also give them a couple of exercises to prep them for that event but then to educate them on how they can improve their function in the events to come and, and try and reduce that risk of injury. It's really like an opportunity to go, hang on, there's a few flags here that if, if we don't look at this and if we don't address this, then you're at, you're at risk of injury. Hmm. Do you find the surfers are pretty like, receptive to what you do and, and like follow through with the, the treatment plans? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, there's been a, big change in um, exposure, I think the surfer's exposure to training for surfing. It's it's almost a trend thing to do now. Land-based training is really acceptable. Mm. Um, and you can see when I work with junior surfers, you know, even at the age of 10, they're starting to do land-based training. There's still some gaps there in that a lot of the land-based training is kind of being um, provided by surf coaches that may not have experience in identifying movement pattern issues and things like that. And they're just looking at, um, I guess, transferability. They're doing land-based training that they see is going to transfer into the ocean, whereas somebody like me, I can I kind of look at it more from a movement impairment or a movement dysfunction point of view to mm -hmm. then go, oh, well, the reason why you can't do that turn is perhaps because your body is only able to move like this. Um, yeah. But I do feel that, yeah, surfers are, are generally really open to it and, and parents of junior surfers as well are like they, they want to give their kids the best opportunities they can. And it makes more sense, like not only land-based training but what you're doing with, um, yeah, taking it back to the movement um, pattern correctives, which we'll go through in the interview Um soon but 
like, I guess we understand it because it's what we do. But yeah, yeah, it's getting it across, isn't it, to like the general public and to the athletes that that this stuff's important and that yeah. it can have such a huge effect on like not only the the sport but also just day to day life and like efficiency of movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a big believer in that the body has way more capacity than what we give it up than what we give it the chance to do if that makes any sense so that i'm i'm all about creating um the most optimal body in terms of function so once you give the body the opportunity to move more optimally to have more optimal space to have more optimal recruitment of slings you you create change almost instantaneously mm. and then what power and agility and movement adaptability that the body can produce it, it goes beyond say what you might do if you just load with a strength routine for six weeks i mean loading definitely has its place but i always go to um creating an optimal body first and then i'll look at load but maybe, you know, that's just my framework that I work in because I just see there's so much potential within the human body, but we only use a small amount of it. 100%. I think we need to just give it space, don't we? We just need to create that space for the body to to open those floodgates to to become more optimal. You know, we get stuck in just doing certain patterns and just limited range of motions um, yeah. or doing everything just to the one side like in surfing if you're like natural footed you know twist one way all the time or if you're goofy you twist the other way all the time rather than being able to twist both ways um optimally (laughs) which just has a huge impact again not only in the sport but just in day-to-day life and if you can't if there's an asymmetry that can be a huge precursor to injury in itself yeah. So, you know, I think getting back to those basics that you're doing are, are fantastic. All right. So, if you haven't already, make sure you jump onto Candace's um, either social media or website, especially if you're in northern New South Wales, to check her out, find out how you can train with her or get screened by her. So, what are your social media handles and website, Candace? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, my Instagram is at Enator Exercise. And my website is anator.com.au. And people freak out about the name Anator, I just want to say. <laughs> What's it mean? I, I, I stumbled across it about 10 years ago um, and it's Latin for strive. So it's about kind of striving to achieve. And at nice. the time I was competing for Australia and it just kind of got me a little bit. So that's how the name kind of all came about. <laughs> I like but it. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep... Um, keep progressing and kind of challenging ourselves. That's how the name came about. Very nice. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> may, right. have been, may have been a glass of red wine or two involved in that name, but yeah. <laughs> Is there any other way to, to find a business name? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's happened to your creative processes, however you choose to do that. <laughs> That's right. All right, so we're going to jump into the interview now, um, which is, yeah, Candice, um, essentially interviewing me and just more of a conversation piece around this upcoming workshop and around how we can tie in uh, the feet and surfing. So thanks again for the interview, Candice, and I look forward to the workshop that we've got coming up in May in your in your clinic on the in northern New South Wales. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Know that you're a very, very busy man. <laughs> no, always, always got time. Always got time. I've asked Paul to come along and do the second workshop of our Surf Performance Workshop Series at Enator because um, when I screen a lot of athletes, uh, the foot function is something that is often missing and it drives like major changes in their body, but I don't want to talk too much about it. I kind of want to get your insight as a podiatrist. How important is foot function and should we really kind of be missing this in the big scheme of things? Hey, thanks for the chat. Yeah, so foot function in my world is like paramount. It's like, I mean, it's what I do, right? Like I make a living out of foot function, so it's obviously pretty important. Um 
Now, the foot's like, it's really underrated and it's really, um, I guess, undervalued in what it can do for us from a pain relief point of view, but also from a like performance point of view. And like Candice just mentioned, we're running yeah, some workshops or a workshop um, at the end of May, which is going to have a bit more of a surf-specific focus to it. Um, however, it's still going to be for anyone that has feet because what I've found um, during my training and my years as a podiatrist is the foot, the hips, and the core, and probably even further up, are all so interconnected that it's not funny. But through our life and just from my experience, I think it really starts um, in our early years, in our developmental years, when we start putting shoes on kids and putting kids in chairs for long periods of time at, um, at school and at home and lounges and things that we can start to undo some of the the basic movement patterns that we're trying so hard to develop at those ages. And then yeah. these lifestyle issues go on for years and years. And then it's not till we get uh, that bit older or we um, start a more high-performance sport, we're putting our body under a lot more stress, where those dysfunctions and compensation patterns really start to show up either in a lack of performance or as pain and injury. So we normally look at core and hips a fair bit in prehab and and rehab, but the poor old foot normally gets stuck into, um, if there's an issue, it gets stuck into like an orthotic or a more supportive shoe. We might strap it up um, to try and give it more support rather than training the foot and learning how to use it in its optimal way to really... Um, help those movement patterns and to to really boost our performance and help um, reduce risk of of injury. Does that kind of sum up what you? Yeah, for sure. And as you were talking, I had these this the you know these memories of because I've been surfing, I've been screening junior surfers, well, junior surfers all the way to CT surfers at events for a number of years now, and I just picture particular events in these particular junior surfers and you can see the dysfunction starting really early it's got a little bit to do with surfing because it will always drive um you know a particular patterning within the body Mm. but you see it you see it from as young as the age as young as the age of eight and it's something that you can you can see how it leads up the chain so i if if you know if if somebody's got knee pain or if somebody's got lower back pain or if somebody's got shoulder pain, all of those things can be coming from the feet, can't they? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. with um, like with those types of pain, it's generally just a pattern. So humans are just a, a system of patterns, and like you said, surfing does cause um, a certain pattern, and but not even just surfing, right? There's lots of things we do these days that um, cause these patterns where we end up with too much internal rotation mm. of the legs. So the foot might be flatter, the knee kind of comes in too much, the hips might twist forward. So it puts us at a really, like, in a susceptible position um, for injury and pain. Um, but it also reduces the ability to create torque. And in the workshop, we'll go through it more, but talk is this um, thing that we need in our body to help I guess drive healthy movement patterns and to take the load off um, some of the small stabilizing muscles that aren't meant to be kicking in as hard as they do on most of us so you know it's really important that we not only look at foot function and and stuff but it's these patterns and in particular um, what I like to really look at is walking patterns because you can pick up so much in the way someone walks. And, and like Candice just said, in you know, kids as young as like eight, even younger, you start to see this change in pattern in their walking that's like everything's rolling in the wrong way and the person doesn't have the ability. Well, they might have the ability, but they don't have the, like, the motor control to be creating um, the opposite movement at the right time, so pulling that leg and foot back out. Yep. Yeah, to help drive power, help with just efficiency in movement, 
So it can be as simple as, and that's what I look at with when I'm looking at a performance-based um, case. I'm still looking at the walking pattern because that's the thing we're doing day in, day out. So we're not surfing, you know, well, I mean, some of us do, but we're not surfing for like, you know, eight, <laughs> nine hours every day, but yet we'd be walking around and on our feet for, you know, maybe not that long, but you get the point. Like we walk around a lot more than we like spend surfing. Yeah. And, and it feeds dysfunction. Hundred percent, and you're just maintaining and, and strengthening that that unhealthy habit of not creating that external rotation. So, you know, it's really important that you get assessed and screened in the way your feet are functioning and and how you're actually using the foot in something like gait, um, or in patterns similar to your sports. With surfing, you might on land run through some movements that would look similar to what you'd be doing on the board. Yeah. And seeing how you can get yourself out of those like risky positions and then start training that. Train it so it becomes the norm. So when you're out on the board, you can like get yourself out of those positions when need be and subconsciously ideally to really help reduce those risk of of injuries and, and just help drive better performance. Like it's just basic physics, right? The foot so open close chain movements so closed chain being when you're actually like on your board for instance or on the ground your foot's on the ground versus your leg being up in the air if you try and just twist your leg in the air or your foot in the air you know you can do it you can twist it and like move it or you move your foot sort of left to right in the air but you put that on the ground and do a similar movement all of a sudden you've activated you know so many more muscles and you've created you've activated like a whole sling basically of um of a movement pattern we need that ground to against the foot mm. to help drive the rest of the movement right up through to the well the arms and the and the and the shoulders so as far as the foot being important 100% it's important because it's the bit in surfing or walking that is between you and the ground. If the foot doesn't activate in the right way at the right time, then it's really hard to get the rest of the body to activate at the right time in the right way as well. So then you end up compensating, using other muscles to help out, which aren't designed to do that, which then over time lead to issues. And it's that movement efficiency that people lose too. I think that what people underestimate is is how the body is designed to move with within a state of ease versus having to shorten and muscle its way through things um and so and one of the things that i see coming undone with people is the grace and their movement tends to deteriorate as well mm. and they start to get this kind of uncoordinated uncoordinated kind of movement patterns and you kind of question then what is kind of undoing their their movement efficiency and what's leading to that I guess that's that style of, of movement and you can see where it's going to drive into injuries. You can see kind of where the load's going. But, um, yeah, that's where I think I've been kind of educating people a lot more now is, is hang on a second, it's not about just exercising particular muscles. It's about creating movement efficiency and a lot of that movement efficiency, like you just said, it comes from, you know, the heel being able to strike the ground, the storage of, of elastic energy, all that sort of thing. If, if your foot isn't functioning properly, then you're losing a major part of um, your body's ability to produce power and smooth movement and ease within movement as well. Yeah, 100%. And that can be transferred to the board. Like if you Absolutely. are like driving through a turn, for instance, but you don't have the ability to like twist your foot in the right way or the mobility to do so you know like you see it on um all the time people you know trying to drive through a turn and their like big toe or big toe joint will be kind of coming off the board like in the air to help try and twist the foot around more yeah where like that's a really inefficient position like yeah. you need that big toe like driving down through the board so you can kind of twist your foot around to help then drive your knee out, drive your hip out. So then you're getting all these muscles coming on yes. based on that theory of torque, right? And like you were just saying, it's it's more efficient 
because you don't have to do as much. You're just basically driving your toe down, twisting your leg out against that, and the muscles that need to come on will come on like automatically, and you're using torque as that energy driver rather than you know lifting the foot up off the board and you're having to use lots of other little muscles to help drive that movement. That's a lot more tiring, and they're going to wear out a lot quicker doing that rather than than moving in a, in a more efficient way and that's yeah, on the board it can be walking it can be standing and sitting you know there's lots of things we do that we don't do well as humans that's it but i think it's because we're being conditioned to um to a certain lifestyle that you know unfortunately we've, we don't use them the way that they're meant to be used anymore so you know we really need to get back to basics and you know, we can learn so much from like how kids move and develop, right? It's like as adults, we overthink it all too much. We want to do these big fancy movements and, you know, like these crazy, um, I mean, like, like for instance, <laughs> the the um, BOSU ball, right? Or the yeah, like, Swiss ball. We that. Quite often <laughs> see people, hey, what's that? I said, yes, can we talk about that? <laughs> well, like as far as people trying to do too much too soon, like it just it it kind of drives me a bit nuts, and it doesn't make sense to me. But you know, prove me wrong if I don't know how you feel about them. I'm sure. Anyway, here's my take on it. Um, <laughs> like we're trying to change, like you know, trying to train balance, and then we'll jump onto this big unstable ball, and you know, stand on there and maybe even lift weights or do these crazy movements, like jump on it. But then you'll look at that same person on the ground and they can barely stand on one leg for 10 seconds or like we need to start at the basics. You need to start on the ground, learn how to actually use your foot, your hip and your core to create that balance before you go and do all the fancy like work. Like sure, if you need to progress, like progress, but you don't want to progress before you've nailed the basics of standing on the ground and balancing. Yeah. And the other thing is, like with surfing, for instance, <clears throat> standing on that ball, the board's flat, right, yeah. or fairly flat. So doesn't it make more sense, yeah, to start at the basics and learn to stand on a flat surface and do some, you know, fancier balance movements on the flat ground rather than up on a ball where, you know, your foot sort of sinks into it. It's not flat. It doesn't really resemble what you're going to be doing in the water anyway. Like you need, like in my opinion, you need to get the basics nailed first, and then yeah, like if you want to, in, you know, introduce like different surfaces and textures and whatever down the track, like hundred percent, go for it. Yeah. But like you watch a baby learning to stand and walk, they're not on a Bosu ball. They're not, you know, you actually if you put a baby or like a toddler who's trying to learn to walk on a softer surface they normally regress. They normally find it harder to stand and balance. They need that hard surface, that feedback, that external feedback to help drive those movements to get them up off the ground. And as adults, we're no different to toddlers, right? If we have a dysfunction, we need to go back to the basics, learn to build back up. And then once you're up and you're, you know, moving efficiently, yeah, like we just said before, you know, 100% progress and try different things but get back to basics <laughs> which is what we'll go through in this workshop as well and i know candace is big on like getting back to basics as well so oh, it's, just doing, it's a good function <laughs> which is the hardest thing that's the most challenging thing i find for people is um is removing that ego which we talked a little bit about before as well um well and- removing the ego but you know what it's probably also removing a bit of the commercialism like yeah, we're constantly right. you know marketed to this new thing like whether it be like in my industry shoes is a big one so it's like this latest cushioning or this latest stuff that can sound great and like oh you know i need that it's actually you know it sounds like it's going to help my running or whatever but sometimes the more fancy and the more like marketing is behind it <laughs> the worse it is for us like you know it's yeah. just and same as with training you know like there's definitely some great tools and apparatus out there to help us, um, you know, improve and, and do things. But 
like nothing really beats just getting back to those basics, like getting your shoes off, getting in the gym, rolling around on the floor, like just, you know, leaving the weights and the fancy gear aside every now and then and just, just checking in with like, yes. how am I actually moving? Like, am I doing this efficiently? You know, yeah. can I do these basic patterns that humans should be able to do? And that's where you, you know, finding someone like Candace, um, who does this day in, day out and can train you through it, um, like it's a godsend. <laughs> it's like we need more people like you doing this. It's just getting, as especially as especially as we age, I feel like we disconnect a lot. It's really important to give yourself the opportunity and to integrate it as part of your routine to give yourself the chance to kind of retune in and just see kind of how everything's kind of moving and and operating because you 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 don't realize um, how much of your pain and how much of your um, how much of your symptoms can be coming from just really really poor movement patterns and so giving yourself a chance to decompress and to get back into that and just see how you're going it's kind of I feel also then adds to your longevity as well um, but if we go back to um, the surfing side of things as well mm-hmm. and getting back to basics, what are some of the basic things that people can kind of expect from your workshop in terms of ideas and strategies and, and, and training tools that they can use? Yeah, look, so when I run workshops and, and do talks and things, I really like to try and get people to walk away um, understanding the basics of their feet and how that ties in with the rest of their body. I think you know, the more knowledge you have around what's actually happening rather than just here's some exercises is really powerful. Yeah, for sure. That way you can kind of self-assess a bit more um, and kind of track your own um, like progress a bit more rather than relying on um, someone all the time to kind of go, yeah, like, you know, I mean, you still need other people to help out. Like, I'm not saying that it replaces that, but... Definitely, you know, getting that bit of extra knowledge around that anatomy, and um, and it's all in a nice, easy way. It's not a not a uni lecture, you know. It's it's just the basics of what you need to know about your feet, how they work, um, yeah. why they're not working as well as they should. So a lot of the the um, common like dysfunctions I see, and, and a lot of the common problems, yeah. then you can see if they fit into your life and and how you can change them. Because I find. Yeah, it's not only fixing the um, the dysfunction, it's looking at what causes it in the first place. And normally, there's some you know common themes. So yeah, it might be the shoes, it might be sitting too much. There's a few other ones that, um, you know, it might be just leading to a change in your movement patterns. So just again, being aware of them, and then working out yeah. well which ones can I change, which ones can't I, which ones can I off, um, or you know, counteract with. Yeah, maybe some more of that sort of exercise or whatever it may be. It just helps you get a better long-term result rather than just chipping away at exercises, wondering why, you know, you might be like stretching your hip out, for instance, a couple of times a day, but then you're sitting for nine hours a day and wondering why your hips are still no good. Yeah, exactly. Or at least <laughs> if you know that, it's like, well, okay, I can't stop sitting, so cool. At least I know that's what I've got to deal with rather than or it's going to be a harder battle. Rather than, oh, okay, well, I can switch out my chair a few times a day for a standing desk. Like, that's going to, do you know what I mean? So, it's just, yeah. I guess being aware of it's really important. Yes, um, absolutely. And then yeah, for sure. we'll go through. And also, yeah. um, it's not just about stability, is it? Like, when you're talking about the feet, you've also got to think about. No, like, I, so my, like, little, I don't know what the word is. What's the, like, acronym, is it? Is SLAC, right? S-L-A-C. Yep. Or K, I threw a K in there recently. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> um, which basically stands for strengthen. So it is strength and stability. There's lengthen. So it's like mobility and lengthening joint range of motion. Yeah. Then we've got alignment and awareness. So again, actually knowing where your body should be in space at any time and, and being aware of what's what's causing issues. And then the big one that ties it all together is control. So it's no good having mobility or strength if you can't control the movement. So a big part of the workshop will be going through motor control drills. So learning to tie those two 
like back together. I'll show you some mobility exercises or show, show you some basic like activation exercises of muscles, but the the bulk of it will be how do we tie it all in to create these healthy movement patterns for gait and like foot function? How can you drive more power through your body starting with the foot? Yes. And then the K was keep it up. So obviously you know, <laughs> you'd need to like, yeah, like anything, right? It's not just a one-time um fixes everything it's like you need to keep this up like it's a lifestyle if you want to get better at movement you need to practice it you need to incorporate it in your day not just in the gym or in the on the board or whatever like it's you know you need to be thinking about it yeah when you get up and down out of a chair when you are walking to the train whatever it may be like you need to you know keep this up in order to get the the long-term benefits that we're trying to achieve yeah, it's one. Of, do you want to know one of my things now? I, I, yeah. I, um, I say to people, it's not so much about rehabilitating; it's about rehabituating. You've got to there create you a <laughs> and create new habits because you've been doing this for thirty years, or if you're lucky, a lot less. <laughs> yeah, but it's true, right? Like, in, I was listening to an audio book um, recently. It's what's it called? Um, anyway, it's about like neuroplasticity brain and how the brain can be um you know changed and rah, rah, rah. and there was one of the researchers on there um talking about how the in like the early years the a lot of the nerve connections are open and we're kind of learning all these habits yeah and it's a lot easier in kids to learn new healthy habits rather than with adults having to undo bad habits like it's not impossible but it's harder which is why for those of you with kids as well, um, yeah. like the stuff that I teach and that I like talk about in clinic or at workshops or whatever it may be, it transfers to like most age groups, like especially once you're up and walking. So like for parents, it's really good to like learn a bit about the foot and, and healthy movement patterns too because a lot of the movements aren't super hard, but they're movements that kids can play with. You can turn them into games. So then yeah. you can be getting these healthy habits started for your groms so that they're not having to go through all the rehab and all the issues you do yourself. You know, you can sort of help protect them now by like keeping them stronger, keeping the, the movement patterns really healthy and setting them really strong while their brain's so plastic so that when they're older, those movements will hopefully stay with them and and be the stronger movement pattern rather than having to, yeah, retrain and relearn all these new movements when they're adults. Yeah, and then, and then they, they have that opportunity to be a lot more adaptable to, to the changing environment as well, which is a massive big thing in terms of in a, situa- in a sport like surfing, for example, or if you're going hiking or you're out more in the natural environment, it's movement adaptability that is so important in terms of injury risks and injury prevention. Mm. And. And starting early with that and creating really nice foundations when you've got nerve proliferation yeah. versus versus trying to implement something when you've already gone through the great pruning where your where your neurons and everything kind of get cut back because you've you've reinforced these movement patterns. So I agree. I think that that diversity and getting um, getting that information into young bodies is is paramount we've actually i've actually got my third workshop in the series is actually about junior surfing development oh cool so knocking on your door again i'll be like um so <laughs> <laughs> yeah collab Up for that one too <laughs> but it's so important right and like huge like a big goal of mine is like changing the way parents view kids feet like i feel the way i can make a difference in this world is changing the next generation. Uh, so I'm trying to do some work with schools and stuff because it's like kids move terribly. Like you watch them walk home from school like with their backpacks on and the way they're walking with their big clunky shoes is just like, like oh, it horrifies me. And like I really believe if we start changing the next generation, we're going to have a lot less um, like <laughs> knee surgeries, hip surgeries. Yeah. Like all these issues that, were, that have become so like so big now, and such a, a drain on our um, like on our government. Like yeah. we could start to really change that by just 
yeah, helping kids move better, which, I mean, like, it should just be the thing anyway, right? Like, when you feel like it just sounds like it's the right thing to do, help kids move well so they are in less pain and can be more efficient in their movement and, and hopefully then achieve more at their sports as well. Like just in terms of their learning and their energy as well, um, you know, I think that people forget, you know, I mean, as a physiologist, I'm always looking at how things interrelate with all the systems within the body. Yeah. People forget that the impact of posture and poor movement patterning on energy systems and fatigue. And then, you know, you've, if you're dealing with that kind of stuff, even your brain function and everything is impacted. So your respiration's impacted, your gut function's impacted. It's really, oh, I could just yeah slap my soapbox right now and just keep going for hours about this. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> kind of back a little bit if we've still got a little bit of time yeah. to the things that I – I, I try to get it through to people too, is that passive strategies will only take you so far. The human body is an input system as much as it's an output system. So when you start to use active strategies, when you start to use, you know, your own self-mobilization, um, when you start to use movement to rehabilitate or rehabituate, mm. I just find that the body to me tends to kind of drink up that information and so that you can really create change. It empowers you to create change and you notice it and you can see it and feel it within your body whereas I feel like when you go back to shoes, when you go back to orthotics, when you go back to passive forms of rehabilitation or passive forms of symptom management, which they all have their, you know, they have their place but it will only kind of get you so far and then there's, there's, there's you really need to start the body is a communicative system oh, yeah. and move one of the ways that really um it's like putting the loudspeaker on the communication systems within the body mm. so i just feel like active strategies is kind of where it's at but with like the body being a communication system like we like we respond to external stimulus right yeah so yeah, if it's a heavy weight, we can, you know, use the muscle in a way to lift that versus, you know, based on how our body responds to that external stimulus of the weight. Um, but the same thing can be said for the feet, right? Yes. The foot has around 200,000 nerve endings in it. So it's on par with like our fingertips and our lips. They're designed to give us information. Like we don't, we don't have that many nerves in our feet or that many nerve endings in our feet and that many joints in our feet and that many muscles in our feet just by coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Like those things on the end of our legs are designed to give our brain enormous amounts of um, feedback and input. So, you know, tra- and if, if you don't want to go barefoot all the time, like I get it and like in the workshop I talk about that, I talk about options that you can take to just make better footwear choices. But at the end of the day, like – yeah, I don't care. Like, you know, whatever shoes you want to wear, it's up to you. But it's about getting that input in to your brain regularly. So it might just be, you know, and most people that are coming to the workshop will surf. So it's like they're down on the beach barefoot anyway. So going yeah. through some movement drills barefoot before you surf or after you surf, whatever it is, getting some really good input into your brain whilst doing some good corrective movement patterns is so important and like you said the brain just soaks it up because it's getting so like it's lit up so much it's just getting so much info put into it um that it's not even funny and i found i did a i do some seniors stuff down here a couple of times a year with this group that gets me to go along um it's a lot of balance training yeah and like most of them haven't taken their shoes off for god knows how long um (laughs) you know and some of them have done some like balance training with their physio or exercise physiologist or whatever it may be, but normally it's in shoes. Yeah. And the first, I've done it for about three or four years now. The first year I went, you should have seen them all, hey, they were just like, what do you mean take our shoes off? Like none of them wanted to do it. And I was like, come on. <laughs> um, and it's been four years. Yeah, I think this is my fourth year, I'm pretty sure, um, that I've gone back to train them. So I trained them for about a month at a time. And nearly all of them, by the end of it, are just raving about, like how good they're feeling, um, how much easier their walking's getting. And all we're doing is like, I had one guy actually tell me his golf had improved. And it's like, 
And all That's we're literally it. doing is getting their shoes off and running through some super basic stuff because I've got like, you know, there's quite a different range of abilities there. Some of them are up in their 90s and, you know, there's just the risk of falling. So we don't do too much. So I try and balance it out that there's enough for both ends of the spectrum. But yeah, it's simple stuff, but it's just blown me away at how powerful it's been for the whole spectrum. You know, like it's just, I think it's that input that they're getting into their feet and we try and use some different surfaces, you know, so whether it's carpet, floorboards, some little balance beams, whatever it may be, to just get more input in. And yeah. by the end of the four weeks, you can see they're all holding their single leg balance for way longer and, and way more stable than they did the first week. Like, And that's just, you know, four one-hour sessions in a group session of just some really basic stuff. Like, it, you know, it doesn't take much, um, but it's just getting in the right positions and doing it in a way that, um, that you get the maximum benefit from, which is, yeah, in my opinion, barefoot. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I'm so, so excited. I wanted to ask you as well, with the, um, you know, you train a lot of surfers and, and, you know, a lot of your work is around like surf rehab, prehab. Mm. Why do you find the foot so important? What's your love of the foot and why are you getting me to come along to, um, to, to train you guys in, in more foot function stuff? I think it's multifactorial for me. Um, I, I, I see the foot as, a major um, communication point, like you said, like it's so proprioceptively rich. Um, and and I see like we surfers with their surfing style as well, they might only be using a third of their foot. So they're missing out on a huge amount of information coming through to their brain. Without that sensory information, then the motor output is not going to be as good as it possibly could be. So there's that. I look at it from that point of view. I also look at the feet because I can see. I can see when I when I work with surfers, it's about um, looking at how the whole body is moving and functioning. And I can see that when the feet aren't working well, how that's feeding up through the chain. So knee injuries are a massive um, area of concern for me working with surfers. I think I did recently, I did a test uh, with junior surfers and, and nearly, I would say, 80% of them had some sort of knee laxity, which is pretty concerning. And I know that for, from, from my experience and um, from what I was seeing with the screenings, that a lot of that was um, that there was also a correlating issue with foot function. Yeah. Um, and, and you can see that when they lack that, it's, it's the joint mobility as much as it is the ankle stability. Um and I know that you're you're going to kind of go into all that kind of stuff, but to me, it's just it's just one of those things. It was just a, it's just always been a massive flag for me. Mm. And I will review with surfers, um, you know, from any age, from from as young as eight all the way up to CT, and talk to them about their training and what they're actually doing. And it's just so underdone i just feel like there are a lot of trained professionals out there that don't really know how to work with the feet and work with the feet well yeah i think that for a long time the trend has been focusing on possibly core and within that external core and then i feel like there was a big trend towards glute movement but i just feel like no one's really ever touched on the feet and done it well mm. and when you i guess in the industry like Weezy, you, you can see how important that is to to performance and also to um, injury injury management and reducing the risk of injury. Like it just kind of scares me a little bit that people aren't looking into this area. This whole this whole workshop series was designed around the five major issues that I see when I screen surfers at events. And I've been doing it for a number of years now and it's I haven't seen any change in that. And to me that illustrates that these are still – areas that aren't being well addressed within the trends the current trends mm. that are happening within the industry in terms of training and surf performance training um and i guess because i sit on the border i look at it from you know i'm involved in managing injuries and and reducing risk of injury but i'm also involved in improving performance and to think because i sit on the fence i tiptoe between both um yeah and i could just see that that's an area that really we all need to be pulling knowledge from your brain 
and starting to get some strategies around how we can improve foot function. It's just so fundamental. Yeah, it's funny, hey. So what are some of the like the key injuries you'd see um, with surfers, like with the feet, and then, yeah, even further upstream that you think might be related to the foot? It's definitely that kind of that, that pronation, the dropping in, then you get that, that um, internal uh, rotation through the leg. So you start to start getting some strain, I guess, and loading through the middle of the knee and then you start to get hip impingement issues. Um, then you start to get SIJ dysfunction, sacroiliac joint dysfunction. Then you can start to get lower back issues and then that might go into a cross pattern mm. um, with the opposite shoulder, neck issues, headaches. Um, but one of the main things that I screen for is dorsi um, plantar flexion and just general ankle range of motion. And it's pretty scary how many surfers lack that. And so what I find is when they lack that inform- when they lack that kind of ankle range of motion, what then happens is they have to go to some sort of rotation. Yeah. And then once you start winding up into rotation and adding load that's when you start to have joint issues. That's when you start to really crank up your risk of injury. 100%. And, you know, I've noticed, I mean, I don't see the level of surfers that you obviously see or the you know, the range of surfers, but, like, I live on the coast and I do train, I treat some um, surfers, and normally the older, older guys, but I've noticed a lot of them also lack dorsiflexion of the big toe. Yes. So there's, you know, the ankle's an issue, but, and we'll go through this in the workshop um, a bit more, but the big toe, it, it's, I can't even put into words how important the big toe is to healthy movement and how keeping healthy mobility through the big toe helps to drive um, healthy foot function, but also healthy posterior chain function. So like right up through your hemis and glutes. It yeah. helps drive um, muscle activation um, through that, especially in walking. But if you can't bend your big toe properly, then it's another reason you have to be going into other places in the body to compensate, yeah. to twist around that big toe rather than being able to get up onto the big toe um, during movement. And you know what? I think a big part of it with the ankle and, the, and even the big toe dysfunction is you know there's a big culture and correct me if I'm wrong, I just see what I what I see down here. But there's a huge culture within like surfing to wear thongs, right? It's like if you're not in either skate shoes, you're in generally thongs walking yeah. down the beach or just you know around the shops, and thongs pose a huge issue to big toe and ankle and hip mobility and and function yeah they change the way we move um and i'll i'll probably even do a podcast on this soon because it is something i've been seeing a lot more of uh i mean we're at the end of summer now so it's kind of been driving me nuts all summer just the amount of people i see around here in thongs um and the way it changes people's gait patterns yes absolutely. then leads to a change in um well, yeah, habit and then changes um, structures as well through the body. So, and again, we'll go through this, like ways that you can try and, um, you know, wear thongs in a, in a better way or try and counteract it a bit. But, yeah, it can be as simple as the, the footwear that's on our feet can change the way we're moving, which can lead to huge, huge issues. Um, in structure, function, and and risk of injury. I agree, totally. I've I have had this discussion at events with a lot of surfers. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like even like the top level, top level athletes, right? You you look at yeah. them. I watch them walking, so they're already putting themselves in a certain position or pattern on the board anyway, and they're training that a lot. So that's kind of you know yeah. one thing. Yeah. Then the thongs are reinforcing that pattern. So it's like they're never really getting back into a healthy position. You know, I think there's just a lot of stuff we're missing. And like you said before as well, we're missing a lot of stuff with the foot and how we can incorporate this into 
um, yeah, prehab, rehab, performance in all industries. But yeah, in this particular case, surfing um, is one that's definitely lacking that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I'm actually really excited. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be heaps of fun. It's going to be heaps of fun. And uh, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't wait to see kind of where we can take this as well. Like, this is the first time we've kind of put this together. Um, it's come from a need within the, within the industry um, and from us, you know, having some chats and discussions. But I feel like the scope of where this could go is, 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 is big. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a really fun place to start. And I honestly just tell everybody, even if you don't surf, like this is general information that you could, you could benefit from, everybody could benefit from. Yeah, if you have feet or you have foot issues, where you want to just move better, um, regardless of your sport, you will get benefit from this workshop, 100%. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Um, okay, so you'll have the link up on your um, Instagram, the yep. Barefoot Podiatrist, and I'll have it up on mine, which is Anatole Exercise. Yep. And people can just book online. Yep, it's uh, on my website, I'm pretty sure, as well, under events, um, which is the barefootmovement.com.au. Awesome. So... But yeah, you just book online on the Eventbrite page. Yep. Um, and yeah, we'll look forward to, yeah. to seeing you and meeting you there. And, and yeah, make sure you're ready for an active day. So we'll be definitely doing some exercises. Um, and leave your shoes at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can bring them, but leave them at the door. Just to not offend me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks for the chat, Lyndon. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see you. All right, awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Right, bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.